This podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet. Are you paying for your me time with just any credit card in your wallet? While you shouldn't stop treating yourself, you should start paying with a credit card that has perks. Nerd Wallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side by side to maximize your spending. Some even offering 10 times points on your spending. So what could future you do with better rewards? A free flight? Room upgrades? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and term supply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hi, everyone. I'm Katie Couric. I hope you're all enjoying Back to Biz with Katie and Bose, the special series I'm doing with my friend and co-host, Bozema St. John. We're about halfway done with the series. The next episode is coming out July 16th. And in the meantime, I wanted to share an interview I did back in February, what seems like a lifetime and another world ago. It was an interview we did for our Next Question Live series. So in front of an audience in our offices in Manhattan. No, you guys don't have to clap. Hi. <laughs> How are you? Hi, everyone. Ah, as I said, another world ago. But just to set the scene for you, it was the Monday after the Super Bowl, and we had Jeff Jones, the CEO of H&R Block, in from Kansas City. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Next Question Live. It's great to have everyone here. You know, it had been 53 years since the Kansas City Chiefs went to the Super Bowl. Back then, they yeah. were crushed by the Green Bay Packers. I'm sorry to remind you. So last night's victory was especially sweet for Chiefs fans, including the one sitting here with me right now. Jeff Jones is the CEO of H&R Block, the company's headquartered in Kansas City. And you can imagine there's still quite a few people celebrating the victory at the Super Bowl. Jeff, welcome. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much for coming in. It was a in. very late night last night. I was going to say. Yeah, it was. Tell us about it. We had such a nice conversation, but we had to hold the release for obvious reasons. But now, here we are. It's July, and we're nearing the new and extended tax deadline of July 15th. So I was reminded of my chat with Jeff. You know, he's such a fascinating guy with this really atypical background for a CEO. And we talked about the road that led to this job, how he's changing workplace culture, and he also offered some really thoughtful career advice. So I wanted to share this conversation with you today. I mean, if not now, when? 
So I hope you enjoy. We should talk about your love of sports because you played baseball as a kid. I did. Growing up in Parkersburg, West Virginia. That's right. And um, I was asking you earlier when we were chatting if that was your ticket out, but it, it wasn't so much baseball. It was actually military school. It was military school. That's right. So I was... You know, I, I'm from a really small town. Uh, I was a way better than average baseball player, but I was a terrible student. And I had a high school coach that said to me, so imagine in today's world as a high school senior, I never taken a standardized test. I had no family that had ever gone to college. We didn't have a college counselor, but I had a coach say to me, hey Jones, where are you gonna go to school next year? And I said, I have no idea. And this coach named Chris Wegman uh, said to me, you should go to Fork Union Military Academy. I didn't know what that was. And obviously there was no mobile phones or internet. And so my mom called and we got a packet in the mail and I ended up going. I won't bore you with the whole story, but it changed my life. That one year changed my life. So this was after you graduated from college. I went as a PG after high school. Uh, before I went to college. What's uh, a PG, sorry? A postgraduate okay. of high school. Yeah. In athletes, there's a common PG year that you do after high school. And a lot of colleges will send kids there instead of redshirting them. So at Fork Union Military Academy yes. in Southern Virginia? Is it in, in Southern Fork Virginia? Union, Virginia, kind of right between Charlottesville and Richmond. And uh, that's where you were, and I'm from Virginia yes. and I went to UVA, so I know yes, that yes. area, but that's where you really got your act together. And yes. so when you graduated from high school, you were kind of unimpressive. I was extremely <laughs> unimpressive. I'm not sure I'm impressive now, but I was definitely <laughs> I not say, impressive. I then. would say you're pretty impressive yeah, yeah. now, but I'm just saying, you know, you didn't have great grades, as you said. So not. you went to military school, you did well, and then you ended up at the University of Dayton for That's college. That's where I went to school. And I learned in that process that I wasn't good enough to play baseball professionally. I was a catcher. And you'd go to all these pro tryout camps and I had a, a, an average arm, I was a really good batter and I was slow. And they just said, we can't make you faster. You can't play at the next level if you're slow. And so I just gave up baseball and started studying more. And you, you obviously have a lot of hustle. Was there a moment where things just suddenly clicked? What happened? You know, there, there's no question that I think the, the, the hustle of my parents is where it starts. My parents are entrepreneurs small mom and pop entrepreneurs and a lot of ups and downs, but I think you learn resilience from that. Fork Union was a chance. And I knew when I went there that I just didn't want to blow that chance. And so I made the most of it uh, that launched into going to university. And in university, I learned that I was obsessed with how consumers behave, why they do what they do. What did you major in? I majored in communications and marketing. Uh-huh. And my dream job was to work at Leo Burnett in Chicago. And you got your dream and job. And I got my dream job, but I got rejected four times. I was considered uh, what they call off the street. I wasn't at a, a school they recruited at. I didn't have an MBA. I moved to Chicago without a job and um, I got hired. And that's what started my career. So how did you finally convince them? Because you said you were for, rejected. Four times. Four times. Yep. So what, what was the fifth time must have been a charm. So what happened? You know, I'll never forget it. I, I finally got that famous informational interview, which everyone says it's a real interview. Don't blow it. Right. So I go in and a guy named Bill Halgen interviewed me and he said, tell me about the last time somebody said to you, that's a great idea. First question. 
I don't remember what I said to him, but I gave him an answer and he said, give me another one. And I gave him an answer and he said, give me another one. And I gave him an answer and he said, give me another one. And you one. don't remember any of these I great ideas? I don't, but I remember the next one. Because the next thing he said to me, we went through that whole thing. And then he said, tell me about a product that does not exist, but should exist. And on the spot, I said, fingernail clippers that catch your fingernails. <laughs> and I got hired. And that is how my career that launched so at Leo Burnett. And then they moved me to Detroit and I worked in the car business, but that that's how it all got started. So did you ever invent fingernail scissors, fingernail clippers that catch your fingernails? Unfortunately, I learned many years later when I thought I would do it that someone else had already done it. But he was impressed. You got the job. I got the job. And you were off to the races. When we come back, Jeff Jones on creating a more inclusive work environment which is topic A these days. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You're listening to Next Question with Katie Couric. And today I'm sharing an interview with H&R Block CEO, Jeff Jones. It was recorded live back in February before COVID completely changed our worlds. But listening back on this conversation, it's interesting how much we covered that is so relevant right now. So let's pick back up with Jeff. Tell us really quickly your resume. Uh, started in the agency business at Burnett uh, over about 10 years. Um, was actually part of a couple entrepreneurial ventures that were, that were reasonably successful. And then, you know, if I just jump closer to the end, I had an amazing opportunity to be the chief marketing officer at Target. Uh, went to Target. That's a huge job. An amazing job and did very well there. Did you do all those cool ads with the red and white 
Well, the good news is Target always does lots of cool ads, so it probably depends on which well, one. Well, I but feel like I feel like they really changed. You know, when they started to be a cooler place to shop, and yeah. everyone's calling it Target. Yes, and their ads were their ads just seemed to be much yeah. more. Um, I don't know, eye popping, if you will, yeah, and yeah. fun to watch. Were you a part of that? Please say yes, because otherwise I'll be very embarrassed. No, no, I, I think I was there at the beginning of them getting their mojo back again. That uh -huh. company now is doing tremendously well, which is great to see. I also was there at the darkest days of Target. So I was responsible for helping the company navigate out of its data breach. Uh, I was there leading crisis communication in the era where we decided to open up our restrooms to transgender, uh, which was incredibly controversial at the company. So I was there kind of ups and downs. I then got recruited to, to go be the president of Uber. And it was an incredible opportunity, very conflicted to leave what I was doing at Target. I went and after seven months, I left over a big ethical stand. And so here I am at this point in my career where I love what I'm doing. I'm doing incredibly well at Target. I make this risky leap and it doesn't work out. What exactly happened? And we don't have to dwell on this, but obviously you went there, you were president for seven months. Yeah. Uh, you knew that the culture probably needed some fine tuning to yeah. say the least. <laughs> yeah. So you went there and, and what happened? So I was, I was hired to help the company grow up and you know, th there's so many things about Uber that are and were incredibly positive, but its problems have been well documented now, you know, and I think the start of it is what people call a grow at all cost culture. And that's true. And so I was there when the company was really struggling through, you know, what are the right things to do in terms of culture and how women are treated and what growth means and all kinds of things that have been well written about. At the end of the day, you only have two things that matter, your reputation and your relationships. And when I, when I realized that I wasn't able to make the change I was brought there to make, I had to decide to leave. And why weren't you, Did were you not given the authority? Because clearly it was a, a company yeah. that was ripe for change, that really needed somebody of your stature or experience to come in and say, this is how we make things better. Uh, did you just run up against people it, that that weren't going to allow you to do what you felt needed to be done? I think generally growth was the priority. And, you know, what's interesting now is in hindsight, I've been gone for three years, I, you know, way longer than I was actually there. But I think not only Uber has heard the message, but Silicon Valley's heard the message and tech in general's heard the message. So I was at the very beginning of that change. I was gonna change. say you were a little bit ahead of your time. That's right. In terms of understanding the importance of culture. And I wanna talk yeah. about that in a moment, but first you were you became CEO yeah. of H&R Block yeah. in 2017. And I know that during your first six months, you traveled around visiting H&R Block franchises to really understand the company, the culture, the people. Yes. Why was that so important to you? Well, that's where it happens in a large part. I mean, I think, you know, we are a company that is rewriting its story. Very storied company, been around for a long time, very well known. 65 years? 65 years. Um, but as, as I say to people, it's a crisis of relevance. Very financially successful. 
And, you know, I think as a leader, you have to listen a lot. And there's no better way to listen than to be with people on the front line serving clients. And, you know, we have a huge footprint. So you have what, 10,000 10,000 um, franchises or what do you call them? 10,000 uh, 10, offices, uh-huh. about a third of them are franchise owned. And so I think my first six or seven months, I went to 50 or 60 different cities. And, you know, we operate in every single congressional district in America. So we're in really small communities, a lot of places. And, you know, that's where I wanted to be. I didn't want to just come to New York and Chicago and Boston. I wanted to go to the heartland of America and really hear about this relationship that we have with people because it's such a personal topic. Uh, And so it was an incredible way to start. But if I rewind a second, when I first got the call about going to H&R Block, I literally said to the recruiter, I have a really common name. Are you sure you got the right Jeff Jones? <laughs> because I'm, I'm not a financial services guy. You know, I have no tax experience whatsoever. And I, I literally thought they'd got the wrong person. And I fell in love with the purpose of the company and I fell in love with the problem. And the problem again is how do we transform this company to on today's terms? So in terms of why you became less relevant, why H&R Block is fighting for relevance, what was it? Was it basically technology? Just as we've seen, you know, Barnes and Noble and Amazon and all the, all these sort of conflicts between brick, brick and mortar stores and getting things That's online. Right. Was that basically the the nub of the problem? I think there are three main problems. The first one was for a bunch of retail operating reasons, our quality wasn't as good as it used to be. Related to that, we had just been raising prices year over year over year, really as an effort to grow revenue and deliver quarterly earnings. And then the third thing was the services that we were providing. And like so many legacy companies, we had been afraid of digital. And it's a weird market because it's not like traditional retail. 55% of everyone in the country that gets their taxes done goes somewhere for help. So it's not most people do taxes themselves with software, but we can't compete if we're not relevant and offer people choice and transparency about how this is supposed to happen. And I know that's been the focal point of your latest ads, kind of knowing how much you're going to pay to get your taxes done at the very beginning of the process instead of being surprised at the very end. Yeah, it's so crazy. But when we talk to consumers, they said, it's the only thing I buy in my life that I have no idea what I'm going to pay until after it's over. And we just said, that doesn't make any sense. Why can't we make pricing completely transparent, whether you're online or in person, and remove that mystery because it's already a stressful topic. You shouldn't have to stress about the price. But what about technology, Jeff? I mean, how are you? how is it changing your business and how are you embracing it and combining it with your legacy professional services? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, there's lots of ways. I, you, I would almost say in every way it's impacting our business. On the basic level, it's things like having great DIY software to compete against Intuit and TurboTax. It's also what we call virtual tax prep, which I really believe is the next, the next battle that will happen. 
where what you talk to somebody on the phone and they help you, but you don't have to necessarily yeah, go into the, exactly. the office. So in today's world, it shouldn't be so paper and manual all the time if you don't want it to be. So why can't everything be an API, automatically upload to a tax preparer, engage with them on your mobile device, let us do all the work, you e-sign and then you're done, but you didn't have to go anywhere to do it. But d does that defeat the purpose of this idea of relationship building? Because I know one of the things that you're really focused on is how to make, how to build a community. Right. And how to emphasize personal relationships over, uh, you know, doing things digitally. Yeah. I mean, well, the way we think about it is we have to make it easier and we have to make it faster and we have to make it more personalized, no matter what the channel. If it's a digital engagement, then just knowing who you are and making it faster because you don't have to retype in all of your information, that's a way of forming relationship. Clearly for millions and millions and millions of consumers, they still wanna sit down with somebody and, and have that really intimate conversation and there's, there's no better place to do that than Block. You all recently received a 100% score from the Human Rights Campaign that does great work on, it, on its 2020 Corporate Equality Index, and you've been recognized as one of the best places to work for LGBTQ equality. Yes. Um, you have said being inclusive isn't enough. What more needs to be done? The way we think about it is to be a place where people feel a sense of belonging. So I think as you know, this journey's happened for years and years, it started out being more diverse, which means a lot of different things. And then it was, how do we be more inclusive? What we say at Block is, we want to be a place that everybody feels safe and they can be their full authentic self, that they feel like they belong there. Which is a great thing to say, but how do you make it happen? I mean, there are policy changes that we've made and many of those is, are what you have to do to be recognized by HRC. But I think the most important thing that we do is to recognize the discomfort and do everything we can to have the right conversations. Because whether you're managing one other person or in you're in a large group, people are afraid to ask someone a question or to learn more about the differences or to talk about what differences are. And from you know me trying to lead against it to creating the right forums for people to have those conversations, that's where we see the power of change really happening. The other thing that, that you care about is purpose. And I'm just curious, why is it important in 2020 for companies, including a tax preparation services company mm. to have purpose? And are you afraid as people all jump on this bandwagon that's it, that it will feel disingenuous to both the consumers and to employees? Yeah, I think that's definitely a watch out. I mean, you know, the, the shift that we made was to not have a statement of vision or mission, but to have a statement of purpose. And that was really intentional change in language because so many times vision, mission things are written and they just, they kind of go on a wall or a cup and they don't really live every day, but people want purpose. And so companies are people. And so when we changed that language and we wrote our purpose is to provide help and inspire confidence in our clients and communities everywhere. The first thing we did was talk to the, to the Block family. Henry Block was in the later years and was suffering from dementia, so he wasn't able to be clear with me, but his son Tom Block was, to really know 
we don't want to just make something up because there's a new CEO. We want to rediscover who we've been at our best. And that's a way that we really guard against our purpose feeling like it's trite or just another statement. I guess your primary purpose right now, if you want to talk about that in general, is is how to combat loneliness and social isolation. And that's something you saw on two in two separate ways with with your dad after your mom died and with your daughters as teenagers. So tell us about that. You know, it, it's it's such a big ambition for us and it's not intuitive. You know, when you think about this company's platform and where can we have an impact in the world, there's so many things that happen in the company that are fantastic. But I just said, we, we have to have something bigger that's more systemic, that's something we're all facing in our lives. And that for us is this idea of people are lonely. We recognize because of our humans in all of our offices, we're sitting down with people every year having these conversations. It's about 12 million hours of conversations every year on really intimate topics. That's the beginning of recognizing that talking to people and connections and kind of the places where people convene and making them better. We want to spark a movement to recognize loneliness is a problem and human connections is a way to help solve it. When we come back, Office Hours with Jeff. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Let's return to my conversation with H&R Block CEO, Jeff Jones, which was recorded back in February in front of a live audience in Manhattan. Remember when those were a thing? We have some great career questions for all these young people who are trying to figure out what they're doing with their lives. And so 
uh, it's it's office hours with Jeff. Do you do this or are we just doing this? Do you do office hours with Jeff? I actually this? do do this. Yeah, yes. you do yeah. it. That's yeah. what I thought. I yeah. was like, this is your idea, not ours, right? <laughs> Vincent asks, what is the best way to save money when you're starting out in your career? You know, when you're starting in your career, you don't have a lot of money to save, but you have to pay yourself first. And that's the best advice that anyone's given, recognizing, make it a priority. And it doesn't matter how small it is. People think there's, They've got to save lots of money, a dollar, $5 set aside, starting to demonstrate the power of investing and compounding, but just get started. You'll be, you'll be shocked five, 10, 15, 20 years from now, what you've been able to accomplish by starting very small. And also sacrifice a few things. You know, sometimes you just can't buy that dress or go to that Or that concert. cup of coffee. Okay, Amanda asks, I have a seven month old. How do you juggle family and a career? I love asking a man this question because it is perpetually asked of women and never of men. So how do you do it all? Yeah, I mean, first <laughs> of all, I recognize that you can't do it all. And so early in my career, I had a great boss who just taught me that this is a dilemma for everyone. It shows up in different ways for different people and you have to take the stress off trying to fix it. That you're gonna have good weeks, good months, good years, and bad weeks, bad months, bad years. And that's normal, that's okay for that to happen. I've tried so hard in my career to just make it a priority to be with my family. And when you make it a priority, that means I'm gonna leave at noon to go do something, and I'm gonna come back or I'll be online later. And I think there's this perception that I can't or something will happen if I do. Uh, and I think you just, have to, you just have to do what you believe in, play offense with your career and make your own priority decisions. Rosie asks, I'd love advice on how to identify the next challenge or goal, especially after a promotion. After settling into the new role, now I'm not sure what I should be working towards. I mean, I think what, what I recognize in other people that really starts to distinguish them in their careers are people who just take initiative. Uh, they decide what they wanna work on. They uh, are incredibly curious. And I think the more you make yourself a lifelong learner and you take the initiative to decide and have ideas and recommendations, those become skills that really start to separate you from the pack uh, instead of always being wait for someone to tell you you know, here's what you should work on. But I also think that sometimes people are so focused on the next, they don't do a good job with the job they have. Yes. And I think that that's the best way actually to get promoted and to move forward is to impress somebody with the job you're doing yes. that you're actually supposed yes. to do yeah, well instead said. of looking ahead to what am I gonna do next, right? Absolutely. I mean, if I look back in my career, there are so many times I wish I would have told myself to be more patient. Um, and if you think about, you know, it's weird to say it this way, but you're going to work in some way for 50 or 60 years, no matter what definition of work that looks like. So, you know, have a long view, be patient, demonstrate curiosity, be a lifelong learner. I think those are great things to set you up for success. And in fact, that's a good segue to Edwina's question. What was the first step you took? when you knew what you wanted your career to be? What fueled you and what did you do next? I mean, I think just that, that whole sense of this is a long journey. You know, I, I had a manager in my first job at Leo Burnett, the company was going through some layoffs and I was terrified. This guy's name was Michael Wood. And Michael said to me, 
listen, you're going to get fired someday. You know, so don't make that such a big deal. He said, what you have to learn is job security is knowing you're good enough to get another job. And the moment you take ownership for this is about your career and what do you want to do and be insanely curious about learning new things, it just enables a future that doesn't have the pressure of, oh my gosh, I have to have it all figured out. That's good advice, I think. It also builds a lot of confidence, I think. That's right. Not worrying about like when the, you know, when it's going to all be over, right? Correct. Because then I think it, it can affect your day-to-day performance. And finally, John wants to know, John Molnar, who I happen to be married to, what business leaders do you most admire? Uh, Oprah is at the very top of my list. Why? Um, I have I have an obsession with Oprah. <laughs> I, I, I commissioned a painting of her that hangs in my dining room. That's super weird. Uh, it's too much time for now, but I can tell you the story about I had an opportunity to have lunch at her home and I showed her the picture of herself. And was, did she call security? Well, this is what I said to her. I said, we sat down and I said, I want to show you something and you're either going to give me a hug or call security. And she took her sunglasses off and she pinched in on the picture and she said, why did you do that? <laughs> And we had a great conversation Security. about it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know, I think I spent a lot of time in Chicago in early years, and I just love her life story of where she's been and all the ways she's found to be bigger than herself and to give back and stand for important things. Um, she's, she's at the top of the list. And are there any other people who you've met along the way who you deeply admire? For sure. I mean, I'm, I'm a student of business. I, I, I love so many what I would call younger companies today. Um, you know, the, the Harry's Razors. Uh, I love Katrina Lake at Stitch Fix. I mean, just this new wave of business leaders that are really building great businesses, not just doing something to flip and sell. Uh, so I think Katrina would be someone else really high on my list. You know, there's a concept called reverse mentoring where where people who've been yeah. around a while learn from these younger people who are doing cool things. And I can't think of a, a better position for H&R Block to be in than to incorporate some of the practices and and philosophy of some of these young, you know, startups to getting back to your original issue increase and and make sure that you remain relevant. That's exactly right. We've embraced the entrepreneurial community in Kansas City in a big way from making investments to being mentors and reverse mentoring. It's exactly the right idea. I mean, when you bump into people a lot that just think about speed and innovation and problem solving totally different than you, there's a lot to be learned. All right. Well, Jeff Jones, thank you so much for Thanks coming for in. Me. It was really fun getting to know you. So thank Great you. To see you. Good luck. Thanks, everybody. That was Jeff Jones, CEO of H&R Block. Thank you guys so much for listening to this special surprise episode of Next Question. If you're not already, you can subscribe to the podcast and my limited series with Bozema St. John called Back to Biz with Katie and Bose, or B2B as they say in the biz, on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you listen. And if you want an easy way to keep up with the day's most pressing news, as well as more interviews and series that I'm doing, make sure to get my morning newsletter. It's called Wake Up Call, and it will come in your inbox every morning. Just go to katiecurric.com. Until next time and my next question, I'm Katie Couric. Thank you all so much for listening. 
Next Question with Katie Couric is a production of iHeartRadio and Katie Couric Media. The executive producers are Katie Couric, Courtney Litz, and Tyler Klang. The supervising producer is Lauren Hansen. Our show producer is Beth Ann Macaluso. The associate producers are Emily Pinto and Derek Clements. Editing by Derek Clements, Dylan Fagan, and Lowell Berlanti. Mixing by Dylan Fagan. Our researcher is Gabriel Luzer. For more information on today's episode, go to katiecouric.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at katiecouric. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.